The payment card industry security standards council says it's preparing for changes and updates later in 2012. How will those changes and updates affect the PCI data security standard and what steps should payments players be taking now to prepare? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Mike Mitchell, Chairman of the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council, and PCI General Manager Bob Russo, who share their thoughts about PCI's evolving vision for payments card security in 2012. Mike, can you tell us a bit about your role and a bit about your background in payments? Sure. Thanks, uh, Tracy. It's great to be spending some time today with you and talking about the important topic of PCI and data security. I've been associated with the Council for oh, approximately five years since it was launched in 2006. I've served in different capacities, technical, management, operational, and I'm absolutely thrilled at the opportunity to be serving as the chairperson of the Council in 2012. I'll be uh, helping to guide the Council and in its interactions with the industry and the, the merchant in the marketplace uh, that we serve in 2012 to accomplish some key objectives. Additionally, uh, I'm employed at American Express where I'm the Vice President of Global Data Security. My role there is to ensure the secure processing of American Express payment data throughout the entire transaction lifecycle. I have uh, global responsibility for information security, policy, compliance operations, and previously I've held different positions within the company related to IT security to help protect against threats and vulnerabilities and put in place some operational capabilities to monitor um, security as well. As I look ahead in 2012, the reason I'm so excited about uh, my role as the chairperson is we've got some really phenomenal objectives we want to achieve this year. This is, uh, 2012 is what we refer to as a feedback cycle year where uh, as part of our standards lifecycle management process, we work very closely with our membership to receive their input and feedback on the standards themselves to help us enhance and modify and improve those standards. In addition to that, there's a number of key initiatives that are being performed by special interest groups. We also refer to them as SIGs or SIGs, and they'll be looking at some of the top priorities for our members around how to protect payment data in the e-commerce space, uh, cloud computing, and how to take risk-based approach to the next level. In addition to that, the Council is continuing to look very closely at some new technologies for processing payments, such as point-to-point -point encryption and tokenization, and how we can use those to uh, provide more solutions to the marketplace. And then, uh, lastly, we are very excited to be involved with uh, our members on the additional front in expanding, I would say, our global footprint across the regions and the different marketplaces in which we serve. Now, the Council has said that it expects to address some emerging payment security concerns, and you've touched on some of those, Mike, in 2012. One of those concerns relates to evolving payments risks posed by mobile. And, Bob, I thought you might be able to speak to this a bit. As General Manager of the Council, could you tell us why the Standards Council has mobile on its radar? Sure, Tracy. So, uh, as you uh, are probably well aware, the adoption of mobile is uh, – is running rampant. Everyone wants to take advantage of this new technology. And certainly when it comes to, you know, using personal mobile devices, uh, the adoption has gone so quickly uh, that people have uh, not really worried about the security part of it. 
because they want to get it into their environments very, very quickly. Uh, we currently have a task force that we've got in place uh, consisting of a number of experts out in the field as well as uh, uh, people from uh, the card brands and people from the council that's exploring uh, really how to effectively secure this cardholder data in this particular environment because it is a uh, uh, it is a rather complicated environment with a lot of moving parts and in 2011 if you remember we issued some guidance uh, on the types of applications that can allow merchants and service providers to accept uh, and process uh, payment cards in a PCI compliant manner. And this year we'll be releasing best practices uh, for these mobile application environments based on the information that we get from these task forces. Mike, I wanted to ask you about technology changes or concerns that you see in the mobile payment space. Sure. It's a great question. You know, it is. Um, it's probably one of the most exciting things in the payments in industry in a long time. Mobile payments has the potential to truly transform our industry, and with that potential is also the potential of uh, increased risk and increased vulnerabilities. And I think these are the types of things that uh, everybody involved in the payments industry should be aware of and should be putting that right at the center of developing these new payment solutions and these new payment processing uh, capabilities in that mobile infrastructure. We realize that there are a lot of organizations out there that are essentially experimenting and doing trials and there's new pilots and prototypes that are emerging. So the council's watching this very, very closely and our role is to make sure that security stays at the center of that payment evolution. I think some of the most important things to be focused on is ensuring the integrity of the data in, in ensuring that we've got the proper controls in place as we go forward and understanding what underlying dependencies are to make sure that we've got security in the operating systems, we've got security you know, upstream in things like the Trusted Service Manager, and the Council will continue to focus its efforts in ensuring that there are security in the acceptance devices. And then I wanted to ask about mobile wallets. How do you see mobile wallets affecting some of those security concerns? Well, certainly, this is Bob. Certainly, uh, mobile wallets are something that everybody wants to use these days. And it's important that, uh, that your listeners understand that there is a big difference between what a consumer-facing mobile application like a mobile wallet is and those mobile payment acceptance applications that are used by merchants to actually accept uh, credit cards. So, so the standards address the payment applications that are used specifically by merchants uh, to accept and process uh, those, uh, uh, those credit card transactions. NFC or near field communication you know, within the mobile device such as the mobile wallet uh, is, is really focused directly at the consumer rather than the merchant environment. Um, and there are really other standards bodies out there like uh, GSMA and EMV uh, that have requirements in place and are continuing to put requirements in place in this particular order. Um, and, and as the environment or the council you know, relates to mobile phones being used uh, as a terminal to take payments, you know, and more importantly, the applications that are actually running on those mobile devices, that includes, you know, storing cardholder data and details. We currently, again, have a task force in place 
that is exploring uh, specifically how to effectively secure this data on, on, uh, on those devices. Now, Mike, I'd like to go back to you for a moment. You've talked a little bit about some of the new guidance that is related to e-commerce, security, cloud computing, and risk assessments that the council says it plans to issue in 2012. But could you just give us some of the, the highlights or the top concerns that you expect the council to address in those three areas specifically? Sure. These three areas are um, an, an example of how our membership has come together to form these special interest groups. And I have to tell you, Tracy, that uh, our membership and their input on these priorities are absolutely vital to, to our success uh, in understanding what's going on in the marketplace, uh, to give them an opportunity to bring their real-life experiences as well as their industry expertise to these topics. This, is, um, this really is a situation where the community has come together they have had an opportunity to tell us what is important to them. We've listened, and the community actually voted on these and chose these as the top three priorities. So the actual output and deliverables from these special interest groups are dependent upon the work that's done by our membership, uh, and it is dependent upon the guidance that they, they develop themselves in these forums. So if you look at the past output, uh, that we've received from the special interest groups, which includes uh, information supplements on point-to-point -point encryption, which has now become a top priority for the council, as well as tokenization as a new payment technology, and uh, some additional uh, guidance on anti-skimming and wireless networks. You can see that we're really expecting some quality deliverables in 2012. We're very excited to see what they come forth with. Now, much has been said about the U.S.'s move to chip payments that meet the commonly used global EMV standard. Bob, I'd like to ask you how you see EMV assisting with PCI compliance or the need to conform to certain PCI standards. Where does EMV fall in that line? Well, first of all, let, let, me, let me say that uh, we think that EMV is a, is a wonderful technology. I mean, it's been used for over 10 years now in other parts of the world, specifically Europe. And it's specifically for authentication. And it, when it comes to face-to-face -face fraud, uh, in a face-to-face -face environment, it's been a wonderful, wonderful tool and has helped there. However, you know, we have to, we have to make sure that people understand that uh, EMV alone really isn't enough. PCI DSS and EMV together um, you know, are, are really what you need to protect uh, the cardholder data uh, that's out there. We actually delivered some guidance documents uh, on EMV uh, last year, which are available on our website. And, uh, you know, in conjunction with the PCI standards, uh, it makes it very, very effective, not only in a face-to-face -face environment, but in a card-not-present environment. You know, these are multi-channels, and uh, as you well know, uh, there are no pure EMV or, or one-size-fit-all EMV environments out there. Most of the EMV environments out there are some hybrid form uh, of taking both MagStripe and EMV. So the combination of PCI DSS and EMV is a really, really powerful tool against fraud. And then what about EMV's impact on mobile? We've talked a lot about mobile this morning. How do you see EMV and mobile connecting as it relates to PCI compliance? Well, you know, I have to go back to the EMV Co. 
uh, organization who are doing a lot of work in this space, and, and certainly PCI uh, the Security Standards Council is looking to partner, you know, where the same technology is used, uh, you know, for both acceptance and issuance, and, and EMV provides yet an additional path uh, in conjunction with point-to-point -point encryption, uh, you know, to allow mobile acceptance to happen at a much, much lower risk. And I guess I could pose this question to you, Mike. How do you see the standard evolving and or changing over the next year when it comes to PCI compliance related to EMB? Uh, so what, what I can say is that, you know, as we look to the future, um, we're going to continue to listen to our membership. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they're absolutely vital to our success and critical to us understanding their needs and requirements, uh, input from the marketplace. But what we know today that's important to them are the areas of e-commerce and cloud computing. But we also know that mobile is at the, at the forefront, uh, as well as other you know, technologies like encryption, as well as multi multiple forms of card not present uh, payment. So we believe security is going to be at the center of the evolving payments industry and will continue to be there to support our membership. And then, Bob, I wanted to ask, when we talk a little bit about the educational opportunities that the council is offering, where do you see the council assisting as far as education goes when it comes to changes related to PCI and EMV and then some of the other things we've talked about, such as tokenization? Tracy, most of your listeners know that we're on a, uh, a three-year life cycle in terms of uh, our standards and how we put out guidance on those as well. And it's a pretty transparent uh, life cycle, you know, that really provides good view into uh, what's going on and how we're, how we're making changes or updates to the standard. As Mike said, we're in a feedback period right now. And, you know, as you know, from the last time we updated the standards, uh, we shared uh, what we call the summary of changes uh, quite a few months before we actually released the standard. Um, and then we published the standard, you know, a few months after that, giving everybody the opportunity to have a look at what was coming down the pike, the opportunity to comment on it, as you know, in our community meetings, uh, which we now have three of uh, during this cycle. We have the ability for them to comment on what's going on. We gave them a, an entire year uh, to implement the standard, and that gave them the opportunity to formulate more questions on it, understand what was going on in it, you know, and again, being very, very transparent here. But I think the biggest thing, you know, that your listeners have to understand is that our participating organization group, uh, which is about 650 strong now, uh, is the best way to get really good insight as to what's going on with the standard and, more importantly, have a say in what's going on with the standard. So I, I encourage you to, uh, you know, to let your listeners know that uh, this is the best way for them to, uh, to participate here, and, and we'd love to have them as participating organizations. And, uh, you know, certainly if they're interested uh, in helping with this or getting more involved with the standard and helping evolve it going forward, they can get this information on our website to join. And before we close, I wanted to ask both of you what advice you could offer to businesses and banking institutions that would help them prepare for changes coming in 2012. And it sounds like getting involved is maybe the first step. Yes, yeah, certainly, certainly that is one of the first steps. 
Training, of course, is very, very important. Education is always the biggest issue uh, that we face here. And, of course, uh, this, the, the council now has many, many training programs that we're putting out there for people, not only in a face-to-face -face environment or in a classroom setting, but also on computer-based training. So the ability for people to learn about these standards get more involved. There is awareness training, which is a, a very high-level training. And I think, you know, it comes back to education on this. All the information is out there. Uh, you need to avail yourself of the opportunities to find out about it. And now with CBT uh, or computer-based training, it's much easier to do, you know, right in the comfort of your own offices. So uh, I would encourage your listeners to, uh, again, go to the website, check the training schedules, check what we have. We're expanding our training offerings this year uh, enormously. So, you know, there'll be things coming out and there'll be opportunities uh, not only to, to come to this training, uh, but also, uh, again, I'll, I'll go back to participating organization benefits uh, to come to the community meetings that we do every year, which are really, really good training events and the ability, uh, you know, to network with your peers and find out what's going on in your particular vertical. Uh, people are now uh, uniting against the bad guys, if you will, and people are sharing information on what they're doing in their specific industry uh, to protect themselves. So a very, very good opportunity to network with your peers and find out what someone else is doing. There's a number of tools and capabilities that the council's developed over the years that I think are extremely valuable that could benefit your constituents, listeners, and audience. It includes things like self-assessment questionnaires. It helps the banking institutions and their merchant portfolios understand, are they PCI compliant? What does their individual journey towards compliance look like? In addition to that, there is uh, templates and tools that will help them understand how to prioritize their efforts if they're not yet PCI compliant. Uh, there's also uh, some additional information supplements there that they could read and, and uh, get much smarter about PCI and what it's about. So lots and lots of good information available on the website. I want to thank both of you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Tracy. Again, we've just heard from Mike Mitchell and Bob Russo of the PCI Security Standards Council. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitten.